Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reeves is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, joining us today for our podcast uh, is Sarah Eldridge, who is currently the Neighbourhood Justice Centre Chaplain in Collingwood and also serves as part of the ministry team at Richmond. So welcome to you, Sarah. Thank you, Matt. Sarah, one of the things we like to talk about in the podcast is uh, people's stories. So we get a bit of an understanding of who you are and where God calls people from and what God calls people to. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm an officer's kid, so I spent all of my life in inner city Melbourne, um, where my parents were officers predominantly in social mission, but also we were at Brunswick Corps for 12 years, I think. And did your your mum and dad start Crossroads? They did start Crossroads, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which is in Brunswick? at the Ish. time, it was in Ascot Vale, okay. which is uh, about 15 minutes from city. So, uh, but then moved into Brunswick Corps because they felt that there was a real lack of places that our social program clients could come and worship um, and be free to worship in their way. Mm. So we, as a big team, there was a big group of us, um, all committed to starting something called Sunday Night Live. And we had some very, very amazing years at Brunswick. And that's probably where my love for social mission came. And so... And officership. And officership. (laughs) um, Although it's a bit difficult when your parents are officers. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, sometimes you you get both sides of the story. Um, So it can actually be a bit of a blockage to officership. Mm. Certainly was for me. I did the whole, I will never, ever be a Salvation Army officer. And then God called me. Uh, So... That still makes me laugh. But I started out when I finished high school, started studying teaching and about a year and a half into my uni degree, decided that I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't really, like kids? I love kids. Oh, okay. I love young people, but I wanted to be able to assist them in their everyday lives. Mm. So I got out of doing the teaching degree and started hanging out uh, at the Salvos at the Bridge Program, just initially started out cleaning. And then I got a job at THQ as the PA to the Territorial Social Secretary at the time. Okay. And then got uh, seconded to the bridge program to be Major David Brunt's PA. And from there, I stepped into full-time work in the Salvation Army. So the bridge Social program, centers. just for people who are interstate perhaps, or sure. maybe even locally, bridge was in Richmond? Is that uh, right? Bridge was in St Kilda. Oh, St Kilda, sorry. Yeah. Yes, St Kilda. So St Kilda, again, about 10, 15 minutes from Melbourne centre. Um And the Bridge Program is a drug and alcohol program. So initially I was working with David Brunt, who was the Territorial Drug and Alcohol Secretary, I think was his name, Um, and really loved working with the staff there and and was passionate about 
serving God. Um, and that led me to some amazing youth work opportunities. So I did a youth internship at the St Kilda Crisis Centre, working in emergency accommodation, and then got a full-time job as a JPET worker, working with young people, trying to get them placed in J-Pet. jobs. Save job. me the embarrassment of trying to figure out what that yep. is. So job placement, education and training. Okay. Yeah. So I basically worked with at-risk young people, trying to connect them into education or employment. Okay. So I did that for a few years and then moved to Melbourne 614, worked there for two years and then got a job at Concern Australia who were the social work arm of the God Squad motorcycle that, um, gang. Is that what Michelle... Crawford. Michelle Crawford. She's the CEO there now? She is. Okay. So she's a soldier at uh, Waverley. Waverley. Or was it Waverley? Yep. I'm not sure. I think she's still at Waverley. Okay. And she's now the CEO, but she wasn't there when I was there. Okay. So I managed their outreach programs and then felt really strongly that God was calling me back to the army and ended up getting a job at Torquay Selvos and then got a job at Geelong uh CSS, so Community yeah. Support Services. So you've had a pretty vast... Yeah, worked in welfare most of my A sweeping career. array of appointments, yeah. or not appointments so much. At this stage, it's employment stuff. Yeah, it was employment. And while I was doing that, I really felt passionate about um, officers being able to serve as community workers. And I was the often the only salvo in a in a program and being able to represent the Salvation Army was something I got really passionate about and then I got really frustrated when I would hear the divide between core and social and I thought I can be part of the problem here and get really negative because I'm working in social mm. or I could actually answer God's call on my life and enter full-time ministry as an officer which which was what you say you know God's call on your yep. life How, Explain that. <laughs> I was actually at a welcome to cadets for a friend of mine. Bum, bum, bum. I know. Yep. So I was sitting there and felt really strongly. The the commissioner at the time said, um, there are people in this room who have been content in their jobs, but they know that there's more for them. And if you're one of those people, you need to come forward and answer the call to officership. And so I was sitting there next to my divisional candidate secretary, who was a (laughs) friend of mine, and he just nudged me and said, you need to go forward. And I just rolled my eyes and said, no. And then my mum turned around and looked at me and said, you need to go forward. And I went, no, I'm not going forward. And then Marnie Turner came off the platform, walked all the way down and tried to drag me physically. Subtle. Very subtle, very subtle. And when I refused to go, she prayed that God would make my call really clear to me so that I would be obedient. And I didn't sleep for two nights. I just couldn't get that out of my brain. And... I called Marnie and the next day I signed my A1 um, application for officership and I was in college the next year. So it was a very quick yeah. turnaround for me. So what time of me. year was that then? Uh, so in the January was when I signed my yeah. A1 and the following Twelve January. Months later in yeah. So what session were you part of? The Ambassadors of Holiness. Oh, okay. Yes, good. we were a good session. Yeah, Loved okay. Them. So you've done lots of work. You hear the call or you, you feel God's calling you and leading you to... Yeah. Uh, Salvation Army Officership. You got a college college experience? 
I college experience. I loved my session. We were a very close. Who was in your session? session. Name some names. Oh, look, we had the Lorimers, Paul oh, and yep. Robin Lorimer, fantastic people. Yes. We had Matt and Fiona Keane. Yes. Uh, Catherine and Adam McEnroth. Yep. We had Cat uh, and John Dent, um, and we suffered a great amount of grief when John passed away the first year out of college. Um, which actually drew us together still as a as a session. We had Monty and Mira Bardwaj, who oh, are yes. incredible at what they do. They do lots of multicultural mm. mission. Um, and I've learnt so much from them. They're amazing. Uh, I'm forgetting so many people and I feel really bad. That's right. Uh, we, we know Sean who you Attard, really care about. Rachel, <laughs> <laughs> Sean and Rachel Attard, although Rachel wasn't an Attard in there. Um, there were... There were 27 of us. Okay, so you're not going to so, remember them. That's fine. I remember them all. I just <clears throat> So you've, you've named the important ones too, is that what you're saying? Well, no. They're all important. They're okay. amazing. <laughs> so you finished college. Did yep. the, the two years, I'm assuming. Did yep. a lot, bit of experience here and there. You've got all this working stuff. Yes. Now you go to Hillsville. Is that uh, your first no, appointment? first appointment was Roeville. Yeah, um, Roeville. I was at Roeville, like you, and yes. I heard many great things about you. I could only imagine. Yes, it was great. Um, I was only there for a year, so I was the associate there for uh, okay. one year, and that was interesting because I was able to do some welfare work there, which yeah, yeah. was great. Um, but then I really felt passionate. It's interesting. While we were in college, our very first week in training college was when the Black Saturday fires hit. And I remember praying that God would send me to work with those that had lost everything in the fires. And I forgot about that until um, my first year out, I was good friends with Graham Mawson, who was mm. the officer at Hillsville. And I spent a fair bit of time assisting him in different things when he needed extra leaders. And I really felt it was just a really good fit at Hillsville and Graham felt it was good fit and he was ready to move on. Yeah. So we approached the divisional commander and said, I said, I'd like to go. And Have Graham, we got a deal for you? Yeah, and Graham <laughs> said, I'm ready to go. And it was it was actually a really easy Okay. So um, you did, how many change. years did you do in, in Hillsville? I did six years okay. in Hillsville. Talk, talk about, a little bit about that because that, for people, explain where it is. Yeah, sure. So um, Hillsville is in the Yarra Valley. So um, Wine. Wine, basically. Wine if people and Wine and chocolate. Chocolate came while I was there. Oh, it wasn't it? chocolate before, but now they've got an amazing chocolatey just about 15 minutes from the quarters there. Yeah, it's really lovely. But basically it's wineries. Um, people might have visited the Hillsville Sanctuary. Um, pat a koala. Pat a, well, no, you're not allowed to pat them at the oh. sanctuary. Is you're allowed outrageous? to pat kangaroos but not koalas. So, but um, Is that because the koalas are divas or is that just because they're... Apparently they can't breed if humans touch them because they um, take on the human scent and they don't breed. So because they've got a heavy breeding program at the sanctuary, we're not allowed to touch them. So well, that's unfortunate. I feel like David Attenborough, but that's I know, right. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yes. So um, when I first got to Hillsville, there were six elderly people who were regular attenders. Probably we'd get most Sundays between six and 12 people attend. Um, did my best for a year to try and uh, change the structure to make it more community friendly because we had a, a great 
um, mainly music program running at the time and they would have connected, but it was just not really a healthy core. Um, and so I went to, again, my divisional commander and said, I don't I, I don't know what to do in Healesville. And I was appointed to the high school for three days a week as um, the bushfire oh. recovery youth worker. Okay. So uh, my job was working with young people who had been traumatised by Black Saturday fires three days a week. And um, that was amazing. And I and really, Of which I'm assuming there were many. There were pretty much the whole school. Um, was impacted in one way or another. Everybody knew somebody who died in the fires. Uh, they were so, so huge in our area. And um, Hillsville was under ember attack for two weeks. So the trauma of the high school kids when they were children in primary school was quite significant. So I'd just go and hang out with them and chat to them. Um, and in the end, the division decided to do... a a feasibility, viability study on the core about whether to continue or not, made the decision probably not worth continuing uh, in Hillsville. So that was my second, end of my second year. And I was asked the question, is there any sign of growth? And we just had our final youth group for the year. We had 57 young people at it. And so the division said, there is no way we can close a call with mm. 57 young people. How many people live in Hillsville? What's the population? About 10, it's, it's fairly spread roughly, out. Yeah, but, roughly okay. 10,000 in okay. the 3777 postcode. That's growing because mm. it's a high growth area. Yeah. Um, but in of all the, the high wine. school, yeah, because of all the wine. Um, the high school had, at, during my time there, had 460 students. So. Most of those students knew who the Salvation Army were by the time I had finished there. You'd had your way with them? Yes. That's good. And you, you're involved, I remember seeing stuff on social media, you're involved in like school productions and yeah. sort of getting along, because you are a bit of a... I'm a theatre nerd. Th- well, and yeah. I'm okay with you that. You do like the theatre? I do enjoy the theatre. So here's a question for you. How do you yes. combine those two passions of serving God, um, people, and the creative? Yeah, I... Um, I've been really lucky. I've made some incredible friends in the theatre industry who are professional musical theatre artists. And one of the things that I've learnt from them is that their issues are just the same as everybody else's. And so I kind of have this chaplaincy role with a lot of people there where they just ring up because life is really tough and they need Mm. someone to talk to. Um, And from that, I've been able to invite some of them into my ministry and have them engaged in things that we do. So we had Marie Mercedes, who is a professional musical theatre artist um, and actress, came and assisted us at the high school with the production. So she came in and did some theatre workshops with our students and... She was incredible. Some of our students who were really high risk just connected so well to her and then she came and sang at our Christmas carols for the town and just so I've been nice. able to connect it just through building relationships with people and and then at the high school I was at a bit of a loss as to 
how I could really meet young people in an organic way rather than that kind of forced, hi, I'm the youth worker here, do you want to talk to me? And the best way I found was they needed help with the production. So I came in and I took on, the first year I was the assistant tech person, which was hilarious. Well, yeah, I... Marching around with a clipboard and a pen. And earpiece, that was fun. Oh, there we go. I know nothing about tech, so Mm -hmm. it was very hilarious that I was involved in the tech team. But the following years, I was actually involved with the singing and musical direction of it. So that was... Amazing. So Hillsville, it's kind of how far away is it from Melbourne? Like, about an hour and ten minutes. Oh, um, yeah. It's I was going to say forty minutes, think. but that's when my wife drives. So about yes, an hour and ten minutes. About an hour and ten minutes from the training college, it would be about forty minutes. Okay. Yeah. Lonely. It was to begin with, um, very isolating because ministry is busy. So on a day off, you often don't feel like getting in the car and driving anywhere. You just want to sit back and watch Netflix or. Mm go and grab a coffee or something, which in a small town like Hillsville isn't relaxing because everybody knows you. So even on a day off, you're not off. Um, But what I was able to do was really make some deep connections with locals in Hillsville. So that involved me being a bit vulnerable and letting people know that I'm human and I'm not always about the Salvation Army. I've got other interests and passions and became really good friends with um, local cafe owners and... Coffee. Coffee. Who who doesn't who, connect yeah. over coffee? <laughs> uh, and my love for coffee, I'm a bit of a coffee snob. Um, so, but it involved me being vulnerable and saying, mm. you know, I've got nothing to do at night. Can we go grab dinner somewhere? And I, I did the same with a couple of the staff at the high school. And as a result of that, I've got some lifelong friends mm. who um, continue to contact me and check in and come and visit, which is great. So you are a single officer. I am a single officer. What, what is that the unique challenge of of that? I look. I think it would be a challenge even for marrieds. I know a lot of mm. married oh, yeah, officers yeah. that feel isolated yeah. because... And just because you're sur- surrounded by people doesn't mean you're, you're lonely. Yeah, yeah and, I understand and that. And sometimes it's really hard for people to not see you in your ministry role, to see you as a person. So that can be really hard to build relationships sometimes. Um, it's easier to build relationships outside of your core because obviously you're not the minister to those people or you're not their pastor or their officer. You're just a person who they've met in a social club or at a cafe or something like that. So I don't think it's unique to being single, that feeling of isolation, but I think it's added to when you're single because you haven't got that person to vent to at the end of the night and to be able to sit on the couch and talk through stuff with. And and that's really valuable, I think, being able to have somebody that you can just say, today was a really tough day and here's why, or today was an amazing day and I want to tell you all about it. Mm. Um, there's not that person. I don't know what would be worse, having a, a bad day and not having anyone to talk about or talk to in that sense or having a really good day and not having... <laughs> I, think, I think actually having a good day is hard yeah. because you don't want to ring up and brag to someone. Yeah. Like if you're having a bad day, you can ring a friend and say, here's the stuff that's happened today. But if you ring a friend and say, oh, 
I had the best day at work. I was so fabulous today. This is what I achieved. Can sound a bit up to self. Yeah. So I think it it can be a bit lonely. (laughs) So you're six years there. Six years. Still cranking along up there. There's some some changes afoot. But then then you've moved to um, back home. Yeah. Kind of. Into the uh, the coffee set in Richmond. Indeed. Now the chaplain at the Neighbourhood Justice Centre in Collingwood and also with responsibility at the Richmond Corps. So back in team ministry. Yes. And serving alongside. Now I did some, I did do, sometimes I do some research for these podcasts. So the Neighbourhood Justice Centre does a whole, like you go on the website, a heap of stuff like counselling, mediation, housing, victims of crime support, employment, financial counselling, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander support court network support, and then there's this chaplain. Yep. Which is you. <laughs> That's me. So it's obviously a very, very busy place. Yeah, it is. Um, it's a different way of doing court. So mm. uh, the idea behind the Justice Centre is that a lot of people commit crimes because they haven't got support networks around them mm. uh, dealing with the bigger issues that they're going through, like mental health, homelessness, alcohol and drug addiction. Um, And it can be really difficult at, say, the magistrate's court to get those supports around a person. Uh, The city of Yarra is a a huge area for homelessness, Indigenous issues, um, refugee problems, because we've got huge amounts of public housing. So... Is refugees on that list? uh, We haven't actually got refugee-specific workers. Having said that, we are in the crime prevention team. Um, We're really actively involved with the African community, um, communities, I should say, because there's multiple communities. Um, And not so much, there's not so many Syrian or Afghanistani refugees where we are. It's more uh, from the Sudanese, Ethiopian um, refugee Areas. So, so as, a, as a, a Salvation Army officer, yep. you're appointed to yes. the Neighbourhood Justice Centre. Yes. Um, what What do you do? That's a really good question. I'm yeah. still figuring that out. Okay, so, in fairness, <laughs> you've only been there five, four, four weeks. Four weeks. Yeah. Uh, look, the the thing I think about chaplaincy is uh, it's all about just being present for people. And in a place like the Justice Centre where there's so many professionals, it's very different than one of the other courts where you might be called upon to help find accommodation or drug and alcohol counselling, that sort of stuff. So my role at the moment is just being present and on a Monday is the day that the court hears uh, family violence and personal safety order So they hear this at the centre? At the centre. So there is a court... Within in the, the centre. Yeah, I've been past there, but yep. I've never been in. So. so there's a court and it's got the same magistrate pretty much for everything that okay. happens in the court. And again, that's so that the magistrate gets a bigger picture about the people that live locally. And he also has the knowledge about who to ring for what. Yeah. And so... So uh, how do you... Sorry, this, I'm asking... Okay. I was going to say I'm asking too many questions. No, My job. that's your job. So <laughs> the... What qualifies you to go to that court? Is there a... Just if you're in that neighbourhood, you can nominate that as a court or um, is there a process? The police nominate that court. So usually to try and free up the magistrate's court in Melbourne, which is probably our busiest court, um, 
people that live in the city of Yarra or who have ties to the city yeah, of Yarra okay. yeah, that makes will sense. be heard at yep. the Justice Centre. Um, so, yeah, so Family Violence Day is Monday and I'm part of the team that works in the court on that day. And my job on a Monday is to go and offer tea and coffee and a listening ear and just to um, ensure that people feel safe. And that goes for the perpetrators as well as the victims because it can be really daunting coming to court and I kind of, having worked in the sector, had to put my preconceived ideas about um, perpetrators of violence to one side because now I'm starting to hear these stories of addiction and anger and um, trauma from their past and it. It's quite uh, confronting on a Monday. Mondays are really busy. So I would probably talk to between 20 and 30 people on a Monday in-depth conversation about where they're at in life and what's happened. And the great thing is that they might open up and say, you know, I got violent towards my girlfriend because I drank too much and I frequently drink too much. And straight away, I'm able to go and get the drug and alcohol counsellor to come down and make an appointment with them so that they can start dealing with the issues behind their Mm. violence, which is really valuable, I think. Mm. And I'm well aware of how unique that situation is as a chaplain because I literally just get to be the good guy that listens and and chats. Um, I don't have to say, I'm really sorry, there's no help for you today, which a lot of chaplains do have to do, which mm. is tough. So where, um, am I trying to say, where, where does the the ministry, I, I, it's all ministry, I know, yeah. before yep. you know, Jump over the table. It's all good. <laughs> um, like it, it's all ministry, but yep. where does where does that part? You know the like. Do, is the there, God is factor. There, yeah, is there faith conversations? Yeah. Is there sort of hope? Yeah. Filled like how Absolutely. does that how does that sort of and I guess the other thing is that we you know as a as a salvation we kind of believe in communities and yeah. faith communities and you've experienced that probably better than anyone else both at Hillsville and even at Brunswick. You know, yeah. watching your your mum and dad do what they were doing. Where how do you build that? or feed people into a similar community where they'll feel that support from others? Yeah, I think um, it can be difficult if they're only there once, but quite often... Mm. How often do people...? They can be there three or four times um, in a year, apparently, um, and already there's been a few people that have I've seen three times in the four weeks that I've been there come before the court for different issues. And so it's just about building relationships. There's one woman that I met my first day and she is really lonely and she was putting a personal safety order against her father who had been very violent towards her. And um, we just started chatting and she she said she didn't need any help. And I said, well, that's okay. I don't need to give you any help. Mm. I just want to sit with you because you look scared mm. and I want you not to feel scared today. And so we just started chatting and I went and bought her a coffee and we sat down and over the, the course of a day, she shared with me she was really lonely. So we've caught up for coffee a couple of times and she's come to yeah. back to court as well. And I've talked to her about... Um, potentially coming and volunteering at Richmond Salvos. So in as much as it's difficult 
when you've got short opportunities, there are those moments where somebody will reveal something about themselves that you can actually feed into. So I'm really lonely. Well, you know what? You live 15 minutes away from where I work. Why don't we catch up regularly? And I can fill that loneliness void for you. And from there, we're looking at opportunities for voluntary work and she's going to get a working with children's check and that sort of stuff. But I also feel that my role is chaplain to the staff there. And I've well, that was had, my next question. Yeah, yeah. So I've had probably four or five faith conversations already with staff, um, which is quite significant since I've only been there for, you know, four weeks. I think if people work in that kind of environment, they've got to have faith in something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it can't just be, they're, they're not void of... Yeah, they're the, not. They're, there's that that drive behind them mm. where they want to give hope to people too. And they might not label that as God, but we kind of meet in this, you know, desire to make a difference. And a lot of them are spiritual people and will acknowledge that they're a spiritual person. One woman talked to me about her son was having an operation. She asked if I would pray for him the next day while she was there. And I was able to send her a text that night and say, how'd he go? I had been praying for you. And that just opened up a whole conversation about why she left the church and, you know, things like that. So it's it's not a quick fix. It's not a, you know, you're going to see people come to faith every day. But, I but think it is relational. It's absolutely relational. And when you work in a team like that, um, mm. Steve Court used to say there's fellowship in the fight. And I feel that at Richmond with an amazing officer team and a great team of leaders. But I also feel that us to centre with people that may not profess Jesus um, as profess to be a follower of Jesus or profess Jesus as, as God. But there's still that that fight for justice and there is fellowship within that. Yeah, so I had a conversation with uh, Catherine Spencer yep. the other day. So I, I'm going to get try and get the whole your team in Yeah. Um, and, and her as well and Jenny? Suey. Suey. Um, and we'll talk about Richmond. Yeah. I'll, we'll give you some time to get started yeah, down be, there. That'd be really good because we're still trying <laughs> to figure out who does of, what. the idea of team ministry and uh, is really helpful, particularly yeah. off the back of your experience yeah. of sort of working on your own and then... Um, in a team ministry now, yeah. this kind of environment's a bit different. What's it like being back uh, from the bush, so to speak, like back in the city? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> you live so near good. a pub, so there's, this, there's pub, this wine yeah. thing continuing yeah. on, lots of coffee. Lots of coffee. Lots of theatre. Lots of theatre. I've been very lucky. <laughs> I've been able to go and see a few shows while I've been there, um, and I've only <laughs> been there four weeks, so <laughs> that's been fun. Um, it's lovely to be able to walk and find coffee past 5pm. And see people. And, and see people. Yeah. That's great. Amazing food venues around around me. What I have noticed, though, is that it's a different form of community. So um, I was well known and couldn't go anywhere in Hillsville without stopping to talk to someone. There's not necessarily that in a bigger inner city environment, but there is this sense of... Um, camaraderie. People are friendly to each other when they know that, oh, I, I've seen you on this street three or four yeah, times. Yeah. You must be a local. So yeah. there's still that, oh, hi, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And then it'll of, come yeah, with time. Yeah, absolutely. With and time. I've already connected with some of my immediate neighbours. So that's been fantastic. We connected over the balcony looking at the supermoon. So oh, that was go. kind of fun. Nothing yeah. says neighbourhood like supermoons. That's right. <laughs> um, people exploring ministry. Uh, yeah. So go back 
in your exploration phase? Yeah. What what would you say to yourself now <laughs> or to others who would be in that same space thinking about, actually, I feel like God is prompting me mm. in this area. Well, having had this experience you've got now, what would you say back um, using your experience to people who are in that same place? I would say that it is the most fulfilling job that I've ever had being an officer. I would say that um, any preconceived ideas you have probably are not going to be the reality and that's good and bad. So, you know, I imagined having to, you know, um, serve tea and coffee to old ladies all the time and I haven't had to do that. I've had Mm. some really vast and varied opportunities in ministry. So there's an amazing amount of freedom as an officer that you don't necessarily get in the professional Mm. realm. Um, And I would say that you can't do it without a calling. It's not like any other job you do where you turn up nine to five and you go home. And go home, yep. Um, It is a 24-7 lifestyle and that can be challenging at times. But in the same way, I wouldn't give it up for anything. Mm. I it, absolutely yeah. love it. I think it is, it is a 24-7 lifestyle, but it's not a 24-7 work. Job. No, not <laughs> you at know, all. Like it's, not at all. It is, it's a choice. And as a follower of Jesus and as someone who says, actually, I want to work in a community and for him to use yeah. me. Yeah. And he'll he'll use people. And I think one, one of the things we like to highlight is that people come from different yeah. backgrounds. So yeah. not everyone, you know, studies theology and says, I want to be yeah. a salvation army officer. So we've yeah. had everything from cleaners to hairdressers to social workers yeah. to, you know, the, the, it's such a vast, yeah. right? But the whole way through God uses people. Yeah. And he'll use your past um, in ways that surprise you. Mm. So for me, going to Hillsville, I wondered how I was going to <laughs> make a church of six old people work when I was a youth worker. And all yeah. of a sudden, this opportunity at the high school opened up. So God uses your past to bring his kingdom on earth. Um, so you don't have to give up who you are. He actually uses who you are and strengthens that person. So I've probably never been as confident as I am now because I know that God will use me if I'm faithful. And that was a long journey for me to learn because I thought straight away I'd be in social and I'd just go back to my professional world. Um, And I'm only just getting back to my professional world now. But I'm coming back as this person that understands um, that it can take years for someone to come to faith, but that if you do that relationship and you're faithful in that relationship with somebody, you will see miracles happen. And so instead of coming to work every day looking for, you know, how am I going to make somebody a Christian because I'm an officer and that's my job, I come to work every day and say, all right, God, help me be you on the court um, floor today. And that can More be surprising. More of you, less of me. Yeah, that can be surprising. So I think for me, I expected something that hasn't happened, but I've become more of who God wanted me to be. And he didn't change me totally. He used my my passions in theatre and he's used my um, experience as a youth worker and he's used my um, my desire to 
see community happen in people's lives every day. The pastoral side of me wants yep. to know what happened to the six people at Hillsville. Yeah, so that... Because they would have been faithful. They, Obviously, they, they would have been there for a long time. They were there for a long time. They were faithful. And it's a big change to manage. It's a huge change to manage. Um I think we did it as best that we could. So we made a number of offers to them. Uh, so the first one was that I would run a chapel service fortnightly, um, oh. but not on a Sunday. Um, and the second one was that they could run their own Bible study and we would resource that. Mm -hmm. uh, the third one was they could go to Moorabark Salvation Army, which is about... 25 minutes okay. down the road. Yeah. And then the final one was uh, we had pastors from all the other churches come to the final service and share with us make in fellowship bids. and make their bids. <laughs> so um, initially all six of the most faithful went to the Uniting Church because they provided what... what they, they, wanted, they wanted, which was hymns and, and a nice little sermon about, you know, Jesus, which was great. Um, but what wasn't what we were going to be able to use to grow Hillsville. Um, there was a lot of hurt at, around that and um, it hurt me as well. Um, I was slandered in the local paper so I would be yelled at down the street and when I went into Coles, people would tell me what a horrible person I was for shutting the call. No. Um, to which I laughed because I don't have that much power. Uh, no, but <laughs> I don't really I, I understand guess, the army structures. I guess my point is that, you know, to to manage change is yeah. difficult. To yeah. manage and people and it's certainly not sort of saying, you know, we sort of talk about six people, yeah. but, you know, that people have been faithful and, and it's a transition and we recognise for people it's different. Yeah. But even for you to be able to lead that process and lead it well and then into a new yeah. thing is... And I think... I wasn't necessarily the person they needed somebody to blame and mm. it was easy to blame me. Mm. Um, and I was given repeated opportunities to say I want out um, and was told they would find me another appointment if it was getting too hard. But I think the best thing that I did was stay. Yeah, well, after I that. mean, leaving's not the answer. No. In my humble opinion. No, it's not. And we were able to mend a lot of those relationships. So over time, over time, um, and when I left, there were some of them that were devastated that I was leaving because they could see that the Hillsville that I was leaving um, was vibrant and exciting and growing new Christians. Um, so they could they could recognise that it was the right decision in hindsight. We were able to recognise it was the right decision before it happened. Yeah. They took a little while to see it. To see. Yeah, well, that's, that's changes. Everyone's in a different yeah. place on the change cycle. Yeah. Sarah, thank you. Thank you. It's been good to chat with you because I know, you know, like it's there's always lots of things happening, different appointments. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're trying to get as much uh, of the story out there, the story yeah. behind the stories yep. for people who are listening to sort of connect and uh, make inquiries. So if anyone's got any questions or wants to make any comments um, on the Facebook page, you can do that. And if you've got any direct questions that you want to ask Sarah, if you send them to me or via the Facebook page and we can get them uh, to her as well. So Sarah, thank you very much thank you. for joining us and all the best in your new appointment at the Justice Centre and at Richmond. And we'll get the, the three of you together yes, at some stage <laughs> and we'll uh, find out really what's going on down at Mitch and Solos. Yeah. All right. Thanks very much. 
Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?